Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. Have you ever heard of the Savannah Bananas? This is a college summer baseball team. So college and summer only. It's not major league baseball. It's not even minor league. It's the lowest of the low and on the totem pole of baseball leagues. Yet somehow they've been able to sell out every single game and then some. There's a wait list to get into the stadium. And I have with me today a special guest. His name is Jesse Cole. He is the owner of the team who has done some tremendous, unbelievable work to help turn this team around from hardly selling any tickets at all to one of the most sought-after experiences that you could ever have in baseball. And I wanted to talk about this because, as many of you know, I wrote a book called Superfans. He is living, breathing, practicing, implementing everything that I talked about in this book and more. And I want you to get inspired because no matter what kind of business you have, whether it's a baseball team in a summer league or an online business helping people or teaching or coaching or anything that you offer, this is gonna be high value for you. So make sure you stick around. But first, the intro. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he prefers blue ink over black ink, Pat Flynn. Welcome, everybody. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people, too. This is session 401. We're gonna start off the 400s with a doozy with a good friend of mine, Jesse Cole. You know, I've seen him and have heard about him for quite a while, actually, for years now. I used to go to a number of different events, and I would see him because he stood out like a yellow banana because he wears a yellow suit with a yellow hat. And I thought it was just, honestly, first impression, I was just like, this guy's trying a little too hard. But honestly, when I, when I discovered more about his story and what he's done with the Savannah Bananas and, and the other companies that he works with, I mean, this guy, Jesse, he travels the world, does keynotes for all different kinds of companies, and he teaches them how to build fans and get people to come back. And uh, wow, I'm so impressed. My, my initial impression was incorrect. This guy has inspired me, and he's here to inspire you too. He's also the host of the Business Done Differently podcast. You'll find him at events wearing a yellow tux, but here he is, Jesse Cole. You'll love it. Jesse, welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thanks so much for being here, man. No, fired up to be with you, Pat. And if you could only see what Jesse's wearing right now, he's wearing a bright yellow suit. Every time I see him in person, he's wearing the same thing. What, what's with the suit? What's with the getup, Jesse? 
Yeah, it, it's my uniform. You know, Pat, I played, uh, I played baseball my whole life, uh, played in college. And there's a difference between a practice uniform and a game uniform. And when you put on your uniform, it's game time. And for me, and being in uh, the baseball industry that's more like a circus, um, this is my uniform. So when I put on this, it's showtime. And, you know, we teach everyone in our staff and everyone at our ballpark to always be on stage. And so this is this is it for me. And one of my biggest mentors is P.T. Barnum. So uh, channeling a little bit of my P.T. when I'm wearing this uh, wherever I go, whether I'm speaking, whether I'm at a conference and wherever I've seen you, obviously, I've been in this uh, crazy, outrageous yellow tuxedo. I love it. Well, you stand out like crazy and, and you don't just stand out because you wear something different. You stand out because of how you run your businesses. You are the owner of a couple of multimillion dollar summer league baseball teams. Uh, Jesse had to correct me actually before we hit record. I thought it was a minor league team that you were known for, but it's it's not even minor league. How did you get involved with with owning a couple of baseball teams? <laughs> yeah, I was afraid at first to tell people that, you know, because I was I was almost ashamed. Like we're the lowest level of all baseball. Um, but now that we've been fortunate to have the success, I tell everyone because it makes the story even better. Um, but yeah, no, I played baseball my whole life. I uh, went to college, full scholarship, tore everything in my shoulder my senior year. And that oh. ended my career and I uh, didn't know what I was going to do. I got an email about an internship on the front office. I took that. I had a lot of fun trying to sell the idea of coming to a baseball game. And I got offered the job as a general manager of a team at 23 years old in a little town of Gastonia, North Carolina. And it was the worst performing team in the entire country. Literally, Pat, 200 fans coming to the games. And there was only $268 in the bank account on my first day. And we had three full-time employees and payroll was on Friday. That's how I started. And so at that point, it was then that I realized that, hey, baseball wasn't working. And I think that's something that you know I preached to everyone to have a mirror moment and to realize what business are you in? What business are you really in? And it was then that I realized we couldn't be a baseball team and be successful. We had to be all about entertainment. We had to create a circus like atmosphere and create baseball fans. And that's when uh, we started experimenting and trying tons of different things. And fortunate had a lot of success there. I ended up buying that team, recently sold that team. And then really the huge adventure and success and even more challenges happened with Savannah, Georgia and the Savannah Bananas. The Savannah Bananas. Yes, I've been hearing a lot about this and following your story a little bit. So when you took on and this was the Gastonia Grizzlies, I believe, is that right? Yes. How, like what were some of the things you did and what was the major goal there? Um, I'm curious because to take something that really wasn't working and then putting flavor on top of it and generating fans, that's really what what had it become successful. What were some of those things that you did? Well, yeah, it was it was a first survival. You know, I couldn't pay myself for the first three months on the job because there was no money coming in. So what, whenever I met with people, they'd say, we don't like baseball. And I said, well, we got to figure out what can we get people to say they don't like baseball, that they want to come and see our games. So we changed the language, uh, as you shared in Superfans, you know, know the lyrics, share the lyrics. We changed our language to being about the show. Welcome to the show. Enjoy the show. Mm. And everything became about the show. So what do we do? We said, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And Pat, I know you're the same way beliefs here. You know, I believe normal gets normal results. And if you do things like everyone else, you're going to get results like everyone else. So we said, what would be the exact opposite? Our players play baseball. What if our players did choreograph dances every game? So we started having our players get instructed by dance choreographers to teach them how to do dances during the games. We had our players start delivering roses to little girls in the crowd during the games. We started having grandma beauty pageants during the games. We even patented th crazy things like uh, we had a dig to China night where we buried a certificate to China in the infield dirt and we let fans dig to try to find this trip to China. However, when the woman found it, it was just a one way ticket to China, no accommodations and no flight back. <laughs> so what, what was your I'm, I'm curious, like to the players specifically who were 
were you know they're baseball players but then you you kind of come up as as gm and then you're like hey guys this is what we're gonna do we're gonna dance like, <laughs> yeah, what's, what's the reaction before they practiced that first time i brought the dance instructor and the guys were like shaking their head they're like no way and i remember one of our pitchers ran off into the bullpen and goes i'm not dancing i'm here to pitch but a few of the other guys danced and let me tell you they could maybe play baseball but they could not dance it was the grossest nastiest dancing i've ever seen but what happened the first night that the players danced all of a sudden the fans started paying attention then the next night the players that danced they were the most popular they were signing the most autographs halfway through the season that pitcher that ran off into the bullpen he said this forget it i want to be out there so he got on the field ripped his belt off started throwing his bat over his head like the lasso and he started becoming the most popular player because he was seeing them being loved by the fans. I found out later that that pitcher, uh, he was on a billboard in L.A. He's now a male model. Wow. That, and, and so that's crazy. it took time. But like in 2009, Russell Wilson had, uh, played for us. So the quarterback for the Seahawks, the highest paid player in the NFL, Super Bowl quarterback, he played for us. And even him halfway through the season, he was like, I'm going to dance because what we realize baseball is long, slow and boring. But if people have fun and the players have fun. They played better. And we've actually proven it. They, they play better by being in a better atmosphere and culture. And I think it's the case for anyone. If you're doing something you love and you enjoy, you'll perform better. So the guys just start having fun. I mean, we mic up all our players right now uh, in Savannah. Our players go on dates with fans during the games. Like literally we we'll go on a date in the stands with like roses. We'll have our sexy saxophone player serenading them. I mean, it's an absolute circus. But the guys say, I'll never, ever forget the summer I had in Savannah. And that's one of our big goals. That's really amazing. And so the transformation here really is sort of player and game focused to fan focused. And uh, yes. with with yes. with the Savannah Bananas, I mean, tell me what the results have been like. Like tell like this is a college summer baseball league. What's it like on game day? So at first it was one of the biggest struggles I could ever imagine. So just to kind of take you back, just four years ago. So there was professional baseball in Savannah, Georgia for 90 years. The, the stadium that we play in was built in 1926. Hank, uh, Hank Aaron played there. Babe wow. Ruth played wow. there. Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle. I mean, you name it. They played at that stadium. Even FDR gave a presidential address in 1933 at the ballpark. Tons of history. But for some reason, baseball never worked there. They could never draw crowds because all they did was focus on baseball. So in 2015, the former professional team said, we need a new stadium if we're going to draw fans. And the city said no. City of Savannah said, we're not going to give you a new stadium. You're not drawing fans. So they left. We somehow convinced the Savannah to let in a college summer team. They expected us to fail. We showed up that first day on October 5th, 2015, just four years ago. And the former team cut the phone lines. They cut the internet lines. They took everything out of the stadium. It was myself, my wife, our 24-year-old team president, and three 22-year-olds right out of college. We grabbed a picnic table from outside in the park and we brought it into an old abandoned storage building and we started call, using our cell phones to call everyone in town, see if they would give us a chance. And unfortunately, Pat, after two months, no one was giving us a chance. We sold only one ticket and to that gentleman giving us a donation. It was bad. And then fast forward to January 15th, 2016 at 4.45 p.m. I'll never forget it. I'm, I'm with my wife, I'm at my best friend's wedding. And we got a call from one of our employees that we overdrafted our account and we were completely out of money. So it was then less than four years ago that my wife turned to me and said, we have to sell our house. So we sold our house. We emptied out our savings account. Uh, we ended up finding the nastiest, grossest place you could ever imagine down in Savannah that was on the market for over three years. We got an airbed and we started just trying to make ends meet. But what we realized for six months, we were trying to do things like everyone else. We were marketing like everyone else. We were trying to get 
spread the word like everyone else. And we were getting these very poor results because no one had experienced our games. And so that's the starting point. And I'll get to it. But I just I think it's very important. Like we wanted to create the attention. We wanted to create the excitement, but we couldn't do it. And the name of our company is Fans First Entertainment. Our mission is Fans First Entertain Always. But we didn't have any fans. We didn't have any customers. We had nobody in the beginning until we started making a few changes. Yeah, that's a big conundrum, right? It's like, you know, people are reading super fans and they're like, okay, this is great. But like, how do I even get people to pay attention yeah. to me, let alone become a fan? And that's kind of where you were at. How did you get people to start paying attention to you? You have to get people's attention. It is the number one starting point. And I believe attention beats marketing 1000% of the time. If you don't have attention, if you don't have the eyes and the ears of your customers, good luck trying to create super fans. And so no one was paying attention to us because we didn't give them a reason to pay attention. So we determined at that point, we had to go dramatically different. We had to really tell everyone and show everyone we are not like your normal baseball team. And so we became the first team ever to name themselves after a fruit. And so we named ourselves the Savannah Bananas, but we didn't just, you know, end it there. We came up with a senior citizen dance team called the Banana Nanas. Right? <laughs> um, that literally they danced to Justin Timberlake. And I mean, you name it, Bruno Mars. They're over 70 years old. Then we named our mascot Split. Then we came up with a male cheerleading team called the Mananas, which is now referred to as the Dad Bod Cheerleading Squad. All right. Yes. We came up with we came up with a breakdancing first base coach. We came up with a 30 piece banana pep band. We have our banana baby before the game where we actually put a baby in a banana costume, bring it to home plate, have all the players hover around, lift their hands in the air and lift the baby up to the crowd and play. Nah, like it's the weirdest ritual you've ever seen at a ballpark. And so we went all in on being dramatically different. We even offered President Obama an internship with us after his term was over. We, we still haven't heard from him. So we're, <laughs> yeah, but we went crazy. And then just to get the attention. And then once they came to our ballpark, that's when we went all in on the experience. And Pat, what we do and a lot we've learned from you and learned from so many others, raving fans and customers for life. We literally map every single piece of the journey when they come to our ballpark with that big point of them leaving the ballpark and saying, you won't believe what happened at the stadium tonight. And today, fast forward, we've spent zero dollars on marketing. And we've sold out every single game and have a wait list in the thousands for tickets. Bro, dude, I got like goosebumps when you told that story. Holy moly. I, I got to go. I got to go, go to a game. How, how do I get on that wait list? Number one. <laughs> I think, you know, some people to get connected. I might sneak you in the back, Pat. But uh, yeah, it's been amazing. And the people that have been visiting us the last few years and, you know, what we hear is like, I never imagined a baseball game could be like this. And that's literally what we think about when we have idea paloozas with our staff, when we put ideas in our idea box. Every day we're thinking of those ideas that people will come and say, this is unbelievable. You won't believe what happened in the ballpark. And that's kind of the framework we use with companies. What are those that you wouldn't believe moments that you're creating? That's the most powerful form of marketing. When people leave, not just saying I had a good time, but saying you wouldn't believe what mm. happened. Yeah, that phrase that you mentioned really stuck out to me. The, the I never imagined. That's how you, you want people to sort of finish that in some way. Yes. Like yes. I never imagined I'd have a computer in my pocket and it's a phone at the same time. I'd never imagine that yes. a tripod could move this quickly and open and close so fast, you know, that kind of thing. And and so t walk me through, because Superfans is all about the, the experiences that you create over time, right? So from the first moment to the last moment, walk me through, and I know I'm, a little, I'm spoiling it for myself because I'd love to experience it for the first time in person, but if you could walk me through what that experience is like for somebody brand new and the little moments that you create for them during the entire game to have them coming back again, walk me through that. Of course. All right, I'll go through the whole experience. And, and 
to be honest, that doesn't scare me at all. And I think everyone says my team is like, Jesse, when you share everyone on stage and in these stories about the experience, it's going to be, you know, you, you might let people down. I go, no, that puts more accountability and responsibility on me and the team to keep uh, pushing ourselves and competing against ourselves. So no big deal there. But um, all right. So experience. So again, when you first buy tickets from us, the experience starts then. A lot of people, you get a regular payment confirmation. For us, you get a video that's sent right to you. And the video begins with, you just made the best decision of your day. Right now, as your ticket order came in, a high priority siren went off in our stadium and our Bananiacs put on their banana costumes and ran to the ticket laboratory to select your tickets. Then a banana nana slowly walked in and handpicked your tickets and placed them on a silk pillow. We raised the silk pillow up into the air and we all sang Circle of Life by Lion King. Then we walked your tickets all the way to our vault where they're now in maximum security, ready for you to go bananas. Nice. So that's how it starts. So then, right away, it's like, whoa, this is different. This is different. So, and again, this is whether you're an online company or any company, you can make that payment confirmation fun. The next step is every single person that buys a ticket gets a thank you call from someone on our staff. We sell over 100,000 tickets, we spread out an Excel sheet, and they get a thank you call. And I do 10 every day. And so I get during the season, like, I can't believe you actually called me. A lot of people say, did my credit card not work? I'm like, no, <laughs> we just want to call you and say thank you. So that's the next step. Now our ticket experience coordinator came up with the idea to send a playlist of music for people to listen to on the way to the game. So we're setting the tone as they're coming to the ballpark, all right? Wow. Next, as they're coming to the ballpark, the first thing they'll see is parking penguins. We actually dress up people in penguin costumes and they're parking your car. Does it make any sense? Of course not, but we thought it would be funny if you got parked by a penguin, and so they park your car, and then they, they hand you, or a kid, um, they hand you a freezy pop and say, stay cool tonight, all right? So after they pass the penguins, the next thing you'll see is the players. We have between four and six players lined up outside the gate in full uniform, signing autographs, passing out programs, greeting with the fans. Then you pass the players, and then you might see DJ Peels on Wheels, who's our mobile DJ that plays that rides a Segway all around the stadium. After you pass him, then you're going to see our pep band playing Rocky or Final Countdown as you come into the ballpark. Then you're going to go up to the ticket gate, and you're going to see our ticket takers in full banana costumes ripping your banana-shaped tickets that are scratch and sniff and smell like bananas. I haven't even sat down yet. Yes, you're this is because again, it's every touch point. And again, this is something over 15 years, Pat, that like we're still working on. Yeah. And like next year, I want our players to ride a golf cart and have a golf cart karaoke as they pick up fans in the parking lot. So like I'm, we're keep thinking of new things that we can do to add to that experience. Then as you pass through the line, you'll probably see our professional high fiver. We hired a six year old with a jersey on the back. His name is High and his number's five. And his sole job is to high five every fan at the stadium. We paid him $1,500 this past year to high-five fans. We probably broke every child labor law there is, but <laughs> the goal was, hey, we're actually gonna invest in the experience. We don't invest in the market, we invest in the experience. Um, so again, this is just getting into the ballpark. And as you walk in, it's a 1926 stadium. Our bathrooms are old. You know, you can't be perfect at everything. We're, we're, we don't have a video scoreboard. We don't have, there's paint falling off the seats. It, there's weeds, it's an older ballpark. But our bathrooms, we can still have fun. So our biggest rival, is the making bacon. So of course, in the men's room, all the urinal cakes are making bacon urinal cakes. So our mm -hmm. fans are literally peeing on our rival. It's the details, and then, and then, and then there's no farting signs in the men's stalls, and one of our, our fans' first director in the women's stalls came up with the idea of having drop it like it's hot, a sign in the women's bathrooms, which doesn't even make sense to me. I don't even know what it means, but people laugh coming out of the bathrooms. 
So it's details like that. Like we'll put our saxophone player and our tuba player in the bathrooms. We'll have a DJ in the bathrooms. And then throughout the game, we have a parade like Disney before the game starts. When the umpire meeting happens, we'll have Barney come out and give massages to the umpires and play the I Love You song. You know, our pregame announcements, we have a singer sing the pregame announcements. And it's like uh, she sings, smoking is prohibited inside Grayson Stadium. So please take it outside. There's a place in the front. Smoke if you want. Thank you for all your cooperation. So <laughs> you look at all these different details. So and then we have our break dancing first base coach and promotions and every half inning. We have a two page to three page script every night. So I know that sounds like a lot, but like that's what we put into it. And then the last impression leaves a lasting impression. So we have our pep band playing at the end of the night. We have a DJ, we have a free s'more station for the fans and we have all the players out thanking the staff, thanking the fans as they leave. Wow. That's amazing. I want to be a part of this pep band, by the way. I used to play trumpet, so I, I need I know, to. I know you used to play. I mean, I, Pat, seriously, if you come this summer, you need to jump in. We'll get you in a costume. We'll get you in the pep band t-shirt, pep band jersey, and you would rock it, man. Oh, my God. I would love that. They go around the crowd playing throughout the night. So they will go out and like our sexy saxophone player um, will stop one half inning and just have him serenade women throughout the crowd. Um, so like we actually do like they, they go around playing at different points. And while the game is being played, that's the key, because baseball can be too long, too slow, too boring. You need to have constant um, action. That's amazing. I need to work on my chops, but we'll get there and we'll, we'll see if we can make it happen. So what is this done for like people listening? They're like, this is amazing. All these incredible touch points. What has this done for business now? How has that grown since, you know, you were in that sort of storage unit with a picnic table trying to figure things out? What, like, how is the business running now? Yeah, well, I mean, four years ago, like, we were really down to our last dollar. I mean, Pat, I remember my wife and I going to Walmart and saying we have $30 to grocery shop this week and getting ramen noodles and Hot Pockets and food that didn't even look like food. Um, it was tough. So we were at as low as it could go. And, you know, we had you know, rapid years of seven figure growth. And, you know, now we've maxed out and sold every ticket. Um, you know, we're fortunate to be very profitable and, um, we have a growing, you know, growing team, still all millennials, everyone's very young and they've been with us since the beginning started as interns and a lot of opportunities are opening their doors now from uh, TV. We got we've been reached out to inside a few agreements for TV opportunities. And, um, we're looking at potentially taking the show on the road and traveling and, you know, now we here's another crazy thing too, Pat. Um, we're always trying to enhance the experience. So we just eliminated all advertising from our stadium. Every single sponsorship, all billboards. We're creating the first ever ad-free sporting experience. Wow. Because, tell, me, tell me about that. Well, we believe, you know, again, if you're trying to provide the best experience for your fans, stop doing things that people hate and that don't like. And if you go to most stadiums, you hear constant ads and constant announcements and constant things um, just bombarding you about sponsors. And we said that's not the best way to experience one of our games. That is not fans first. And every decision we make is fans first. So we eliminated, you know, a lot of dollars to enhance the experience. And the way we're offsetting that is, you know, we're staying true to what we believe in. Similar to Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is closed 52 Sundays a year Yet they do more revenue than any other fast food place, and it's not even close. We believe that the experience is the future of all marketing and that the customers are your marketers. The raving fans are your marketers. So we are teaching the fans first experience, and we're doing workshops and bringing businesses in and speaking. And so we're teaching what we believe in. We're not taking a check for a billboard and something that we would never buy. And I think what, you know, something that I've learned a lot from you is, you know, always sell things you believe in. And that's even when you first started with the exam, it's like, hey, this worked for me. I'm going to teach this. And we never want to sell something we don't believe in. So now we're creating the first ever ad free stadium and short term losing money, but to create even more long term fans. 
That's amazing, Jesse. Congrats to you and, and your entire staff and, and the team and everything you've done there. I'm just so inspired. I'm curious. I know you speak around the world talking about the story and teaching other businesses that aren't in sports or entertainment, but you know, corporate companies. You speak in front of them. How do you position your fans first approach where it's very, you know, PT Barnum in the baseball world, but how might you teach similar strategies in a world where that kind of stuff it just isn't possible? You know, it, it, it's it's a great question because I think that's one of there's a lot of skepticism. And I think at first everyone, this guy in this yellow tuxedo, you know, he's in the baseball sports industry, entertainment industry. This doesn't fit. Right. Um, ironically, Pat, we don't hear from any sports teams. They think we're too crazy. Um, but we hear from numerous other industries and, you know, from working with car dealerships to banks to, um, you know, I just mentioned a few a big you know bike company. I mean, it's amazing that we look at this aspect as what is the experience you're providing? from the beginning. And what are you delivering to your fans? How are you turning customers into fans? And um, we've you know, learned over struggle, challenges, I mean, from doing promotions that didn't work, a framework, just like you with creating that super fans and the pyramid of fandom. Um, it's a framework that we've seen work. And you know, when I see a car dealership, which when you look at a car dealership and you think about experience, you don't think that great. But when you see they started a whole campaign built on stopping doing what your customers hate and creating you wouldn't believe moments. And now they've got customers giving raving reviews on Google. It's fascinating to me. We get more purpose out of seeing other companies create this framework and, you know, looking at whatever's normal and do the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. And then most importantly, Pat, something that you preach on, you know, love your customers more than you love your product. When people get asked, what do you do? Do you answer about the product you sell or do you answer on who you serve? And we're really trying to change that conversation and get people to focus on where your customers are going, not where you want to go with your product. I love that. On the car dealership, what are a couple of things that were implemented that changes that experience from normal to, to incredible, if you don't mind sharing? Sure. Well, here are some of the conversations. So, you know, think about what are all those friction points? When you first go to a car dealership, people are scared to even walk on the lot because they're going to get, you know, it's like yeah, sales. Getting sold to. Yeah, just running at you. And then you never know is the bargaining back, you know, and a negoti negotiating back and forth. I mean, just looking at all those things that people hate. I mean, how many times do you call somewhere, Pat, and it's like, listen closely as our menu options have changed or, yeah. or you call to talk to a company and all of a sudden, you know, you got to put on hold and you're, you're talking to automation for 10 minutes before you can finally talk to someone. Operator. Yeah. <laughs> Speak to someone representative, representative. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we looked at all those friction points. They started a stop the hate campaign. So they literally sent their, all their team members to send out to their friends and family and write down what are all the things that you hate about the car industry. And they started right now and said, all right, how are we eliminating this? And then what I love is I started doing a you wouldn't believe section during my workshop with them. And a guy in the front row, I said, guys, what would be a you wouldn't believe moment that someone would leave the car dealership talking about? He said, well, you know, we give we give car washes to, you know, brand new cars. What if we washed every single car of every person that showed up at our lot, whether they went to buy a car or not? I go, wow, that's a you wouldn't believe moment. Yeah. And all of a sudden they'd be known, hey, they're just taking care of people. They're going to wash cars whether you buy a car or not. That would get people talking. I love that. How, how might a bank make something interesting? A bank is also very dry and just transactional. Well, what business are you in? What business are you really in? And I think you know, if a bank thinks they're just about in the financial business, they're in the wrong. They're in the wrong business. I'm working with a big credit union in Saskatchewan next week, flying up there to work with them. I'm excited about it. But one bank that went to our workshop previously, they said, "Well, what are we trying to do? We're trying to enhance lives in our community." I said, okay. And so they embraced the whole wow mentality. And they actually bought a, a, a wagon. They call it the wow wagon. 
and they actually go out and deliver ice cream in the community for free. And they're just trying to enhance the community. They're not trying to sell checking accounts. They're not trying to sell anything in regards to the bank. They are just giving out ice cream. It's called the Wow Wagon. And it goes out throughout the summer and just shows up at places to deliver free ice cream. And that is a bank who's enriching that community. And it's not just about what they're selling. And so uh, that's a literally wow moment. Yeah, now, they that, were, that's they, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it's just those little moments. It's it's again, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And Pat, you've been doing this. I mean, the way you connect with your fans is so inspirational. And I've been following it. Our whole team's been following it. I mean, it can just be a wow by a simple way. Did, was that just a video from Pat just sending to me? Like, I didn't even know he knew I existed. I was just another transaction. It's a thank you letter. You know, I mean, I, I started this in 2016, the thank you experiment. And I said, I'm going to challenge myself to write a thank you letter every single day. And of all the craziness, you see the yellow tuxedo and the breakdancing first base coaches and all the things we do. The one thing that changed my life more than anything was the thank you experiment. And I haven't stopped since 2016. And every day I have a thank you letter and I write it to someone in my life that's made an impact in me. And I can't tell you the connections and the difference that it's made in my life and, you know, just spreading that gratitude. So even if you're an introvert, how can you just tell someone that you care for them? How can you focus on one fan a day? And I think that can create these you wouldn't believe moments and really make an impact in your life and in your business. Thank you for that. How does one who is doing business online, who's just starting out and they have a small email list and they just started their podcast and they're not getting many downloads and they hear the numbers from others, they're getting a little down on themselves. How, how, how might they take advantage of the fact that they have just started and uh, start to make an impact on others? Well, I think you talk about this all the time. It's, you know, how can you give more? How can you look to give more value than extract value? And I think it's so tough because so many of us want to play, uh, you know, what can we do to see those results? We need to feel progress. And even in our staff, our fans first director just started posting on LinkedIn and she's like, I'm not getting tons of likes and not tons of comments. I mean, Pat, you know, when your first podcast you know, launched many years ago, you weren't getting many likes or comments. or Yeah, downloads. None, hardly. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I committed myself. I wrote 159 blogs before I posted my first one. I was too scared. I was too scared. And, you know, I wrote my book and I was too scared to put it out for a while. And finally, I decided on September 18th, you know, 2017, I was like, I'm just going to start posting every day. And so I started posting on LinkedIn every day, just one post, something I was sharing the journey. And just like you being so open and even sharing your financial records, which is just fascinating. All of a sudden, people are like, wow, he just keeps showing up. So if you're just starting your online business, how do you just keep showing up, keep showing up, trying to give? What is that value you can do of sharing the journey? Don't worry about how many likes, comments. How can you just give, give, give? And, you know, I know you get booked for speeches all over the world as well. I've never posted an ad or a request or something to book me to speak. But I'm so fortunate to get requests every single week mm -hmm. because I, for two years I've been trying to give value as opposed to extract value. So I know that's a, a long winded kind of politically correct answer. But every day, if your intention is what can I put out in the world to give? And whether it's be it be different, whether it is special videos that you send, whether but when someone buys, you do a celebrating video of like you getting so excited, whether it is like you mentioned, seeing what they're doing in, on their social media and commenting on it. Wow, that's a really cool project you're working on. How do you jump into the conversations of them and just make them feel good? And I think lifting people up is something that everyone should focus on every single day. I'm considering the listener who's listening to this who who might work for a company and, and, and maybe they're part of a marketing team and they're, they're hearing this and they're like, yes, this makes complete sense. Business Done Differently, which, by the way, is the name of your podcast. Everybody should check that out, Business Done Differently. But they're going to get that conversation with their higher up 
who goes, yeah, I know, but like, what's the ROI on that? How do we mm-hmm. measure this? How do you answer that question? What sports did you play as a kid, Pat? Soccer, baseball, okay. and uh, roller hockey, actually. Okay, awesome. And baseball, you know, you often have the coach that tells you to do something when you're hitting like, hey, keep your elbow up, keep your elbow up, keep your elbow, you know, something like that. Keep your weight back. They're giving you instructions, right? And then a couple times you don't do it and your elbow doesn't go up, but you hit a double and then you get another hit. That coach will never, as you're rounding second or running into the base, never say, oh, you didn't do it the way I wanted to. They're going to clap and say, great work, just as I wanted it, just as I was teaching you. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, the point there is if you just keep staying true and, and doing it and then you start showing results, that is what any manager or leader is going to look for. And however you get the results. And I'll tell you, every leader I'm, I'm with you wants the results faster and faster. But I don't believe that's the game we're playing. We're playing the long game to create fans. And you don't create fans in a fast way. You create fans by the consistency and being there for them. And I think that's what takes time. But once they start seeing, wow, the numbers are increasing. We're, you know, we're getting more opportunities. We're getting more business from not actually just trying to do a quick sale or a quick discount. I mean, Pat, I can't tell you. I'm so, we have, we've never done a sale with the bananas because I think if you're discounting, that's just, you know, you're basically saying that, hey, we're not good enough or our value is not there. And I didn't share with you, but every single ticket we have is all inclusive. Every ticket includes all your burgers, your hot dogs, your chicken sandwiches, your soda, your water, your popcorn, and your ticket for $18. And we don't, we don't stop. It's not like cut off at the eighth inning or the ninth inning. It's from the beginning to the end. How can you provide so much value that their customers even feel like they're taking advantage of you? And then your customers, they're the ones spreading the word for you. I mean, you make up that money with the ad spend that you don't have to do because they're doing it for you. A hundred percent. And if you've ever been on a cruise and you get all your food and your entertainment included, you probably might buy a few drinks. You might buy some merchandise. You might buy some other things as well because you feel guilty. You've got so much value. Yeah. (laughs) Jesse, this has been an amazing conversation. Just thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. I know you just kind of flew in from a conference that you delivered a keynote at and you're about to fly out to another one. So thank you so much for taking the time. What can people expect when they go and subscribe and download Business Done Differently? (laughs) Unique, wild, fun conversations with amazing people. And uh, like I said, I'm honored to uh, have have you on the show for season three coming up. But, uh, you know, I just, I think thinking, looking at the world differently, thinking differently, acting differently, it's a lot of fun. And I think a lot of us, it just it has to do with taking that first step, taking a chance, taking an experiment. And I experiment on the show. I experiment uh, in my book, Find Your Yellow Tux. I do a lot of experimenting constantly. And I think that's what makes life fun. And then where can we go check out the Savannah Bananas? <laughs> just search, search Savannah Bananas. You'll find us. We do lots of videos. Our players, we do music videos with our players. Um, we do a lot of ridiculous things. And uh, we keep taking those chances. So Savannah Bananas, you can search us anywhere. Uh, yellow Tux, you can find me anywhere. And uh, just like you, I think uh, if if people reach out, uh, I'd love to help and uh, join in on the conversation. Well, thank you, Jesse. I appreciate you. I'm a fan of what you do, how you do it, and all you're doing. So thank you so much. And I look forward to following up with you. And I'll see you in season three of Business Done Differently. Thank you so much, Pat. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jesse Cole from the Savannah Bananas. Just look up Yellow Tux Guy on Google or Business Done Differently on Apple or wherever you're listening to podcasts. You could check him out in the other great episodes he has there. Just Jesse, thank you so much. I appreciate you and for sharing Superfans with your team and your tribe. Just this is what it's about, connecting with other people who are here and know the formula for what it takes to succeed in business today. And it's not about strategies that involve likes and follows and subscribers. It's about providing those unique experiences that make you go, wow, you wouldn't believe 
So are you creating any wow, you wouldn't believe moments in your business? If not, then hopefully you can take the lead from Jesse and myself in helping you understand, well, how can you make those moments for your people too? So hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already. You can check out the show notes and all the links to everything Jesse has going on at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 401. And if you haven't picked up super fans yet, go and do that now. If you are actually listening to this the week it comes out, you have a week to get it at a discount on Amazon, uh, at least in the US. We're gonna try for other countries as well, but we're gonna have it severely discounted on Kindle. And you can obviously pick up the hardcover and audible version as well. But this is this is your time to create these moments for your fans, for your people, for your subscribers. And like we talked about, you actually have an advantage if you're just starting out because you can provide these experiences much easier than others who have larger brands. So this is, this is how you're gonna do it in 2020. 2020 is coming up. Let's focus on fans. Thanks again, I appreciate you. Keep listening in, subscribe if you haven't already, and I'll see you in the next show. Thanks so much, and as always, Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.